0: Hey everybody welcome to the big Monday show my name is Charles Simon and I host the big Monday show with my partner my compatriot mr. Barry Spears who will be with us as soon as our little commercial break is over following this wonderful lead-in for today's show we uh, we have a ton of stakes action to talk about the breeders cup preps are Winding up, uh, we had three major preps for the Classic, and Barry and I have compiled lists. We have a list uh, of our top nine contenders for the Classic. Not a lot of surprises there, but um, I think we'll be doing this every week, putting a couple lists together. And uh, Once we get through this weekend at Keeneland coming up, we'll have a really good idea of of who's going to go where and what Europeans are going to come over and uh, have a little fun with that. Um... We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, what happened at Gulfstream this past weekend with Gulfstream conducting some out-of-competition testing, and I wrote about it and got a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of attention from that. The people, it's something that people are, um, are interested in and, and, you know, kind of give you my take on that, uh, as well as some, uh, Some news that came out this afternoon about uh, two of the individuals that were um, caught with the out-of-competition testing having more information coming out. We'll talk about that and uh, eh, a couple other things. Grants Pass, by the way, bet Grants Pass. Support my man, Jason Beam, the Um, It's just the right thing to do. All right, we'll be back in just one second with the Sniper hello oh, uh mr mr sniper <laughs> just mr huh just mr <laughs> sign of respect it's like the respect that uh, nicks go got on the lead the other day <laughs> what do you mean just just not nicks
1: Nick, nicks go everybody <laughs> i swear to yeah. god like yeah.
0: every other race was won in that fashion. Well, Ring. it's uh it's funny because you text you sent me a text early in the day about that and it basically came true. I mean, it's uh something that we've we've all talked about a lot in the last few years that just is this lack of aggression um I mean, especially taking on horses who are favorites and it's it's um for a lack of a better term it, it is what it is
1: you know it's, yeah it's what it, we're expecting frustrating now. you know because you would think at some point somebody would get fed up and be like we can't just let this guy
0: get an easy lead and beat us just like all the time
1: try something different
0: yeah yeah well listen a lot of it is is because of the game has shrunk at the top yeah there's a, a handful of people that have most of the good horses. There's a handful of jockeys that ride them. And as such, there's um, <laughs> a, a, a lot of, not an official conflict of interest, but really close. For, for a jockey that might want to ride for the people that he might not want to torture their horse, um, it, it's, it's, it's a factor. And, you know, that's, yeah. it, it is what it is because it's not going to probably change anytime no. soon. But, um, it does kind of make for dull races, especially when you have prohibitive favorites. And I'm not suggesting that people just gun against four to five shot because, uh, you know, this, to, just for the hell of it. But it's when people take, when guys take horses that have speed and in some cases might actually seem like they're faster than the other horse and they take them back and it kind of, uh. Well, we've, not got, we've got a lot of
1: stuff to cover tonight. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that another time. <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt about After it. After
1: the Breeders' Cup. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The Breeders' Cup is the one race where where they race. You know, the Breeders' Cup is the one race, like last year, Jackie's Warrior wasn't handed a lead in the juvenile, and you saw what happened. Um and and listen I mean, to be fair, he he had the a, a relatively easy lead at Oaklawn in, in his only you know his last two turn race, and he couldn't turn that into that advantage into a uh, a win. He's he's basically a one turn horse, and he's a really really good one turn horse. But the point being that uh, that seems to be the one race, that, you know, the Derby, those kind of races where nothing is really given. But it, it's it'd be nice to see that. On a more regular basis. Yes, I concur. Short fields probably don't help
1: either because. Um, well, I mean that that should to me the short fields would would mean that you get more kind of rider tactic, strategy situations where, you know they can they can you know make a horse go a little bit pull back you know they, they, you know a shorter field it seems like they would have a lot more options to. To kinda of play the cat and mouse
0: game. True, true, true. Um well Art Collector played the the <laughs> game in the Woodward. He uh, he's an improving horse. I mean, he he obviously last year was unfortunate. He was on the Derby Trail, the Derby trail, but um, you know, had had a little bit of a, a setback and Tommy Drury trained him at that point and never really recovered from it last year and, and, and I know he tried him in a couple of races, the Breeders Cup mile, where he chased and, and just kind of flattened out and he was uh, he had earlier in the year at Churchill in a seven furlong race, which was a brutally tough for an overnight race, it was really really tough uh, but the horse was transferred to Bill Mott and since then has has really um, really stepped up his game and uh, he, he won a one of those you know phony stakes at Saratoga. Then he then he won the uh, um, the Charlestown race, beating beating my, my man Ry Eichelberry on the <laughs> lead. But uh, well, you know, I'll got, say got, that a, a, you know a pretty moderate pace the other day, but it's kind of figured to be. I mean, um, I'll say this:
1: the 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 times that I've seen Art Collector win like he did the other day. He dominated the competition that he was clearly better than, and this includes his last race. I thought he was clearly better than the rest of the horses and he ran like it, you know, he w- went to the lead and just kind of dominated the whole, the whole race start to finish. I remember he, he did that um, before the Derby in that Ellis park race. And none of those horses that were in that race were any good at all. Um, and it and it gave me some shades of that sort of thing. So I'm not so quick to kinda, you know, be like, wow, he can run with Nick's Go. Or, you
0: know But well, one thing he has proven is that the Ellis Park Derby trail is not the key to success. It's not the key race no. we thought it was. <laughs> no, duck duck the Ellis Park Derby if you're trying to win the Kentucky Derby. So it's it's just I don't know. I am I'm, I'm just not sold
1: on a horse like that because I don't know. You know, I I would think at this point, you know, we're first week of October that he would have to run his best race by far in order to win a race like the British Club Classic. True. Not saying he can it's it's not impossible, but it's not as likely as other scenarios.
0: You know, He's it's interesting. Like and, and and we have our our Breeders' Cup Classic top nine. Oh yeah, Hermes style. Hermes, um, the Hermes. Or what's you don't that? Know what Hermes? Is you're probably young, but uh, <laughs> uh, like, a very
1: brief guy. Comment. The Russ, Russ from the Daily Daily News. Yeah, what was his name? Russ
0: Graded Handicap. Russ Harris. Yeah, there you go, Russ Harris. Yes, sir um but interestingly enough our collector might um might at a little bit of an advantage in the breeder's cup in that of the horses that are speed horses he has you know shown the ability to not have to be on the lead true he went to the lead in the woodward and 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 he went to the lead in the race of saratoga because he was the fastest horse in the race but he doesn't necessarily have to be on the lead. He has shown an ability to pass horses, and and you know he's getting better. So uh, I thought thought Maxfield raced fine. He, he was second best. Uh, the pace scenario really didn't set up for him well. I don't know that the one turn is perfect for him. Uh, the one thing that you know concerns me is that his first trip to California, he. He ran okay at Santa Anita in the Santa Anita handicap, but he, he didn't run great. And then, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Santa Anita surface and Delmar surface, especially Delmar surface for the Breeders' Cup, are probably going to be different. But uh, lightning fast. Yeah, I mean that that's that, that that's one of the X factors that we just don't know. But yeah, um, there was a lot of other races in New York. The Wea, which was a Grade Three, my sister Nat won, and she'll have. I'm sure literally no impact in the Breeders' Cup if she's even going. But <laughs> it seems like this is like the 12th year of her racing, my sister. Nat. Man, for real. Like, it seems
1: like she's been around
0: forever. Um, Pleasure keep... won the, the Pilgrim with Annapolis, who, who I thought ran really well. And he got a, a, I know buyer figures are a little less accurate on the turf, but he got an 89 buyer, which is really, really fast for a two-year-old turf horse. Yeah. Down with that.
1: Um, you know, that race usually puts together decent contenders for the Breeders' Cup every year anyway, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think at this point, 33 days out, every turf race, we're going to have to basically say, um, you know, depending on who comes over. <laughs> right. Know, depending on who comes over, depending on, on which Euro horse is, is shipped over and. the, uh, you know that that will have to temper our enthusiasm for for American turf for horses in uh, because they're just not they just seem like they're at least a cut below. And the two year olds, of course, is a little different story because we don't you know most of them haven't run very much. But uh,
1: I'm really interested actually uh, to see what <laughs> what kind of price uh, Warlike Goddess is
0: going to be. Yeah, she might actually be a decent price because the Euros are going to be over bet. There's no doubt. At least the ones that come over with the gaudy records. And they're not always the ones that win. <laughs> yeah, we learned that lesson last year. So, yeah. Sometimes the horses come over here and they appreciate the firmer ground that they're getting. I mean, not every horse that races in Europe wants a bog. So, some of them are, you know, coming over here because of the ground, um, not in spite of it. And... Uh, that's just gonna, you know, trying to do top nine, top ten lists for those type of races is difficult because until it's it's really settled in the, which Europeans are coming over, it's it's, it's a it, in the turf races especially. Um, shout out to Leah Jamardi for for winning Miss Griot with sale by Philly by Stern. Uh, she did not get a huge speed number uh, in this buyer number in the sixties, upper sixties. But it's nice to see uh, uh, Leah win because she's a friend and she's a good trainer and she's got, I think, you know, 10, 12, 15 horses. And, um, you know, those kind of people just don't get that many opportunities to win Graded Stakes. So uh, yeah, shout so. out for to her for sure. Friend of the program. Friend of the program for sure. Um, uh, Echo Zulu Ooh. has really kind of taken a hold of that two-year-old Philly division, at least on the East Coast, and uh, she is just getting better and better. Um, I mean, she's by Runner. she's out of a Menifee mare, so uh, up to a mile on the East should not be a problem distance wise for her. Uh, clearly, a two-turn race is going to be different than a one-turn race, but there's nothing that she's done yet that, that would make you believe that the mile on the 16th wouldn't be within her scope. At least I haven't seen anything. I mean, what about you? Oh yeah. She looks like, you know, she, she can run all
1: day. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just hard to gauge because she runs so fast and so much faster than her competition, especially when, you know, when the real running happens, she just pulls away. It's, it's hard to tell how fast she's really running. You know, it, it if she can just keep that kind of speed going or will she kind of, you know, fizzle out when it gets a little bit longer and then you add in maybe two turns and it might be a little bit different, but
0: from what we've seen, he's a monster, bro. <sighs> I was sitting past the wire at Saratoga for her spinaway win. And she looked like she could have went around right just faster around. and I just mean, kept getting faster yeah she she was not like fatigued uh, and and uh you know she came back and and just looked like she was just having fun out there and she's to me it's a a really exciting type of horse and um and, and <laughs> our friends of course were we at it this this morning um with touting the next year's derby winner and uh, I think Barshu talked about uh, yeah, Echo Zulo. And I know you know a lot of the stuff he says he's doing in jest, but the fact of the matter is, she looks like the type of filly that that would be, um, you know, potentially a horse that could get on the Derby trail. Except the way Churchill has set up the Derby point system, and this is not going to be another Derby point system rant because we'll have plenty of time after the Breeders' Cup to do that, uh, because you know they haven't fixed the damn thing, but. <laughs> um you know she'll have to run in a in a cult um on open I shouldn't say cult an open breeder or uh, derby prep um or hope that less than 20 enter so uh I mean this is complete conjecture and Steve asked me should probably give me a side eye for even mentioning it but uh but I thought she was really impressive and uh... well I mean at, at this stage of the game they're you know
1: I don't see anybody that stands out on the Colts' side. She's no. most impressive I've seen. So it's got to be
0: in their in their headspace. Uh, the Champagne, which was, was also run on Saturday at Belmont, was won by Jack Christopher, who ran really well. Um, Chad Brown has had far 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 more success on the turf than he has in the dirt but the champagne is a race that he seems to target because he's won it three out of the last six years um though so the horse's is uh, cloud computing right he went with cloud computing mm-hmm. practical joke and practical joke who's who look like he, he he really kind of disappointed as a step as a uh, as a race horse as an older ho- or three-year-old but he he's turned out to be a look pretty damn good styling um but he ran really well. Gunite just kind of was, uh, you know, they faced, faced some pace pressure and wilted. Um, I thought, you uh, know, wit <laughs> managed to get in trouble at oh my God. In, a, in, a, in a field that was spread out.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, just
0: uh, more than
1: once, too. N- not just one time
0: yeah <laughs> and, i was just amazed i was like how do, How does that happen and he's the worst type of horse to get in trouble because he's just so big and right
1: he, he stops momentum he needs
0: to get r- yeah. rolling on the other okay. side um but he, he did wind up you know coming in third it was a non-threatening third command performance Who's a maiden i thought ran well i was kind of um i i kind of kicked around with maybe playing him and I, I wound up not playing the race but uh he ran well, and, and he, I mean, obviously, he wouldn't be a maiden for long if, if they continue on that path. I don't know if they're going to go to. Um, I don't know if they're going to go to um, Delmar with him or not. Um, but uh, he he looks like, a, and he, he's a horse who had a tremendous amount of trouble his first race. He just got literally body slammed. Um, and I think that was a closing day at Saratoga too. And uh, they're closing. Yeah, that was, that was on the closing Monday at Saratoga. And, and I mean, that was when, you know, it was a little bit of a um, question of, of, you know, is are will we never see a gate disqualification again? Because the horse who won the race huh. clearly interfered with three horses at the start, including Command Performance, uh, who did recover in that race to run second. Uh, and he looks like he's a nice horse. Um, I mean, he just looks like a horse that's going to be, uh, you know, get better as he gets older. And uh, he's by Union Rags, uh, so he, he shouldn't uh, shouldn't have much trouble getting the distance. Um,
1: I don't know. Personally, I'm, I'm always wary of horses that, that put up a big performance before a race like you know, any of the Breeders' Cup races.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not even sure that they're going to race him.
1: Yeah. Breeders I was thinking Cup. that too. I think they, you know, they may end up opting not to go and seeing what he has in
0: 2022. Um, it, it was kind of an, um, you know, it was a good performance by a command performance. I thought Jack Christopher ran really well. Uh, like I said, wit was just kind of sucked up to be third and forget the rest. Gunite was was really a disappointment. Not that he he didn't you know run well, but he stopped. <laughs> he just stopped. I mean, and, and it wasn't like he he got collared in the shadow of the wire. He, he was, no, he, he
1: was done, done on the far turn.
0: Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard much about him coming out of there, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he turned out to be sick or had buck shins or something because he didn't really show much of anything. Um. Moving over to the Midwest on our way. Well, there, there's a such thing. We had the, um, uh, the 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 Wayne Lucas Classic, which is a new, a new stake that Churchill's added. That's going to probably be on the uh, schedule for classic contenders looking for a powder puff race, and that's oh, what we have and... got uh, moderate pace, just laid over the field, raced like it, nice easy prep for the classic and. Uh, I guess that's that's what they were looking for. So, uh, I mean, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs>
1: because no, I mean he did what he's supposed to do, and and he's been doing that. You know, I know before um, he would just throw in these bad races every now and then for whatever reason, and not show speed or something. I don't I don't know what was going on at the time, but I mean, as, from a consistency standpoint, the last year and a half he's been stellar i mean his only kind of hiccup in that department would be that saudi race yeah
0: yeah and 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 that really
1: and he was just not faster than charlatan at any point in his career
0: (laughs) and and he you know he's shown a propensity for two-turn races he's one-turn races aren't that great and his two-turn races are are really good so um again we we have a a top nine list we each do and We'll talk about that a little bit later but um but yeah it was uh, it was
1: workmanlike that's that's what yeah. it was workman like he did what he's yeah. supposed to do sets him up perfectly for his next one so i mean you can't really if you're brad cox you gotta be feeling pretty good as long as the horse stays healthy
0: i was like uh, alabama facing troy state before the sec <laughs> <laughs> little tune up get the get the lungs working a little bit stretch the legs a little bit and uh <laughs> see ya see out west uh the ACAC, which uh it was interesting andy serling put up a poll the other day or asked the question really um which race are you most looking forward to at churchill downs this saturday nicks go in the lupus classic or Bo liam in the ACAC. and the majority of people put nicks go which i thought was weird just because yes he's a lot more popular horse and i'm sure uh a large contingent of the people who voted for Nick don't even know who Bose Liam is, but I mean Bose Liam was, was undefeated horse who uh, really dusted the field. All three of his starts look ultra impressive, was stretching out from six and a half to a mile, uh, the 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 one turn mile of Churchill Downs in the ACAC. But um you know, he, he broke a little bit tardy and uh, It was a tough field though. It, I- it was a pretty decent field. I mean and he ran well, and that's the thing is he, he ran well, um, ran very well. I thought. I, I mean, he finished second, mm-hmm. but uh, to Plainsman, who's Plainsman is is just he's okay I mean, for lack of a better word, he's just plain. You know, he, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's kind of one of those Midwest horses that just kind of kicks around, and you know, every once in a while he'll jump up and run, and he and he ran a good race. I mean, he he certainly ran a good race. I think he got about hundred and. To buy or under buyer or something like that, um, but um, I mean, both Liam lost, but to me, showed that he he's a a good horse that just needs a little more experience. Right, he's
1: gonna he's gonna break through, I think, and and be to feel like that later on easily, you know, easily. I think he got a lot out of that last one.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I don't know if they're going to press on and go tackle life is good around two turns at Delmar. Better not. <laughs> I wouldn't personally, but um, but you never know. I mean, that's that's, that's uh, why they that's, run them. That's why they run them. That that is why they run them. Uh, you know, heading up to Santa Anita. I thought the uh, the craziest race of of the, the weekend <laughs> in Santa Anita was the the Santa Anita Sprint Championship where your your obsession horse was in, but uh, he's right on schedule. Yeah, Barry and, and CZ's Rocket, There's, he's, kind of a, he's he's the one man band for that. You know, you're the one man July, fan. Right? Band. Was it August or July? You man. and the Penguin, Peter Miller, are the only ones that really root for that horse.
1: I'm telling you, man, he's gonna be
0: ready. But uh, Doctor Shivel, who's a you know kind of a emerging three-year-old coming off a win at Del Mar and what the, the Brent Crawley uh, won the Santa Anita Sprint Championship, which isn't exactly news. He was one of the favorites, but uh, he did it with one rain. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Um, you know, Fre- uh, Flavian Pratt won four graded stakes this weekend, but he won three of them with two rains, and this one he won with one rain. <laughs> And that is, uh, I'm not easily impressed. A lot of times, the people are like, "Oh wow, you see that?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's impressive." Uh, I had to say that uh, winning a, a greatest stake with with one rain—that's <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, he should he should get bonus points. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. give him a tip. Uh, John Henry, which nice to see. Uh, Uh, a a big stake named after the great John Henry, especially considering your are closing Arlington statues too big to steal. So I don't know what's going to happen to that. Uh, But United got up to win, got a, you know, of course he's going to be in the breeders cup. And I don't know. I I just never really thought he was, I always thought he was a good horse. And he certainly has a nice track record, but Um
1: well i mean to his credit he was probably the closest horse to beating uh bricks and mortar
0: yeah um <laughs> bricks and mortar's been retired for a while. right
1: yeah <laughs> well even still i mean um it's just a horse like united who who i do like it just doesn't he he doesn't strike fear in anybody you know There's nobody out there saying that this horse is a monster and can't lose. No, no doubt. And like
0: he is, like I said, he's he's a good horse. He's got a great track. Yeah. Any race is better. Um,
1: He's not scaring anybody off.
0: It's like we talked about earlier, you know, let's see which of the euros are going to come over and then, uh, You know, we'll see if United can can fill out the Superfecta somewhere.
1: Yeah, well, you know what else is another thing, too, is the wind margins. Like, you know, he just gets up all the time. You don't really see him kind of putting any separation between him and anybody else. He kind of just gets up. Times it right. You know, I'm sure that's a a factor of the, the rider who's very, very good. Almost kind of like Mo Forza. Does the same sort of thing. Just kind of gets up by half a, half a length every time.
0: Yeah. Mo, sorry, buddy. You're in the same category. Yeah. Well, Mo
1: doesn't like to leave California.
0: Well, the Breeders' Cup is in California. Supposedly. True,
1: but, you know, his lone trip to Gulfstream, Mo Forza, was miserable. Just utterly bad. Didn't run a step bad that day at the Pegasus. Let's see.
0: Um, the Chandelier, which is the final California two year old Philly prep for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly, was owned by my former uh, apprentice trainer, Phil D'Amato. Phil? Um, with a Philly name Ain't Easy, who's by Who Else uh, Into Mischief. <laughs> um, she braced well, and, uh, and I guess you'll probably see top two or three out of that race move on to the to the uh, juvenile fillies. Yeah. That that might be a really good race betting
1: wise. I, I think there's a lot of good horses and any one of them can jump up and win. So that, that's one I'm definitely looking forward to on uh future stars Friday.
0: Um the American Pharaoh was won by uh Cornici.
1: Konichi, Konichi. Yes,
0: for Robert Baffert. Quality road. Um, Elias Uber driver has decided that no one should come out to race against them and it should be uh, a walkover.
1: He might end up
0: being right. And he also might end up being wrong. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta fade that. I mean, listen, the horse ran well. Uh, it's it's a, you know, It's hard to knock him, but Let's, let's, you know, let's see what happens if, if uh, there's some speed thrown at him.
1: Right. I mean, it was token pressure from as time goes by. That wasn't really. That wasn't really pressure. Right. Exactly. Token pressure. So, and they finished one, too. They ran. It was a merry-go-round. So, right. Um. I'm not saying that the horse can't win, but. Right. I mean, for. For. You know, that's not a good gauge. That last race, no way. Yeah. I mean, there's literally two horses in that race, maybe three, and then the rest of them. Mm,
0: man, uh, well, that leads us to the final race that we'll recap this week. And we've kind of done a rapid recap. Rapid, um, fire. And going back to the theme that we talked about earlier in the show, Medina Spirit looked like. The he was going to face some early pace pressure and it never materialized. Uh, <laughs> that's an understatement. He just ran by everybody early. I don't understand why everybody got mad because...
1: Uh, he's just faster.
0: Baffert's other horse kind of sat three wide and they said, well, he's acting like a, a blocker because, number one, that's they not, do. it's not illegal. No. It's not against the rules. He, he just... He he found his position and he maintained it. He didn't cut anybody off. He didn't intentionally try to uh, box anyone out. And I mean, are we really thinking that that um, that Bob Baffert said, "Jesus, I'm worried about this Tripoli. Let me put my horse in there," and uh, you know, to, 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 think, to fade yeah. him. And how do you know when you enter? what post positions you're going to get. If Tripoli had drawn the rail again, like he did his last race, then and, right. um, the other the, the Baffert B team had drawn post eight. Well, he obviously wasn't going to be able to affect them in that, that fashion. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I the just York didn't really run out of character that that's how he races. Uh, and he also just cleared his, his second level condition. <laughs> and there's just not a whole lot of spots where he's going to run him. I mean, it's. I just don't see why people get all pissed off about that. It just is what it is.
1: Well, I think it's the, the combination of who it is and all that jazz. And, you know, they they get those uh, memories of, I think, wasn't it the, the Belmont? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get it, but I think people need to pump their brakes. I mean, at some point, you know, and, and I know this is going to be wildly unpopular, but... Some point you kind of have to give Medina Spirit his due. I mean, the horses run. I mean, you know, of course he's always going to have those kind of question marks and things, but I can't remember a race where the horse didn't run well, even up against Life is Good. When he's he... never
0: not run well,
1: right? That's what I mean. I, I, he's I mean, he's, he's doing what he's done. <laughs> the only thing now he's just not facing Life is Good to his you know,
0: benefit. <laughs> um yes, because let's not forget that he had no chance of sticking with Life is Good no, early in the race. None. I mean, was isn't even a every time uh, Life is Good broke. is far faster than him. And and that's going to be the question going into the Breeders' Cup with Medina Spirit is does he want to go heads up with the man? Well, when we talk about the the classic, you look at, I mean, clearly Nick's Go is the fastest horse in the race. He has the most early speed. Uh, I mean, last year in in the in the, the dirt mile, the big ass fans dirt mile around two turns at Keeneland, albeit on a extremely fast track, um, he did go twenty one and four forty four and change. Okay, <laughs> so. There's no other horse. Hot Rod Charlie, uh, Medina Spirit. Those horses are not going to be able to easily keep up with that horse. I mean, if he was going to go that fast, but I I mean Rosario is is great on the front end, and he's going to dictate the pace in that race. I I just have I find it hard to believe unless someone enters a rabbit to run with him. I just don't see him not having like a two length lead going into the first turn. Provided he, you know, doesn't stumble at the start or something, that doesn't happen. If uh, in a cleanly run race, it just seems hard to believe that GO just isn't, you know, three fifths of a second faster than everybody else to the quarter.
1: I tell you what, if I'm Medina's spirit and the connections, I would try to go heads up, thinking that GO is not going to get the mile in the quarter, and they know they can. not he can uh,
0: get a mile and a quarter, but can he get a mile and a quarter if they go forty-five and change? Because I think well, if, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if, if you get to Nick, you know, flank. I don't think Rosario is going to be like saying, "Oh, okay, let me back up." I think he's going to
1: no. He's going to go. He's going to. He's going to go,
0: and and what you want wind up doing is is, and I hate to be like the guy that says this, but you know, if he sacrifices himself, he might wind up setting it up maybe probably for Brad Cox's, or Brad other, horse, Cox's other horse or Rod yeah. Charlie or one of the other ones or even Maxfield who would really benefit from from a fast yeah. pace. Um but it's going to be a rider's race because somebody's has got to go with him. I mean they ha- they have to awesome. see this. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Authentic was the same situation nobody went with him.
1: No, because they didn't really know. I mean they they were kind of like, "Oh, well, he's a 3-year-old who who knows what what
0: he's going to do." But he looked like the main speed in the race. And he definitely and did. That wasn't a lot of other speed and and yeah, some of these horses are they're pace setters, I guess. I wouldn't call them speed horses, right? I mean, they're, they're pace setters, but they're pace setters when it's convenient. I mean, I don't know. I, I just—it's—it's
1: uh, oh, it's tough. It's a—it's a riddle. I mean, it, it's going to be a, a good puzzle. Um,
0: well, let's let's just jump right into it. I mean, let, you know, we're talking about it. We might as well jump right into it. We're going to give. I'm going to give you Barry's top nine. And the nine favorite. at nine. It's nine because. I'll be honest; it's hard to come up with with a tenth, <laughs> with a with an eighth and ninth, uh, let alone a tenth. Um We're going to go from number nine down. Uh Number nine, Barry has Happy Saver, and his comment is "must uh, improve vastly." Um, yeah, I mean, basically, he he makes the
1: spot because he's like the only one left, <laughs> and he definitely has to improve. He hasn't improved his form since his last year and he's in a struggle spot not impossible but close to it at this Uh, point for
0: for number nine i put express train basically i thought about him it's a west coast horse, and it's a west coast race and they'll have probably more it'd be more likely to to number one run in the race actually enter uh and number two he does have experience over the track and um my comment for him was not much left to choose from. <laughs> uh, number eight, who you had number eight? Go ahead, Why don't you give your give your, uh, your your horse Tripoli. Tripoli needs a rebound effort. He does he, need the rebound effort.
1: He didn't run that great. I mean, albeit he didn't have the best setup circumstances, what have you, but he still didn't really run that good. Um, he's capable, but kind of an
0: outsider. Yeah, for number eight, I also had Tripoli and my comment is he's got a puncher's chance if a rapid pace develops. There you go. I mean, you never know what happens. He's gonna that's
1: get first run. He he should be in that second flight if you you know, if you think that's gonna happen.
0: You know, if he draws inside and, and kinda gets that inside out kind of uh Yeah, the
1: same trip he got in the classic trip he got in the in
0: the uh the Pacific, Pacific Classic, maybe you know, maybe he can get on the board. I, I don't know, but it's gonna be a long price and Um, uh, his best is good enough to get him on the board. I don't know if it's good enough to win, but we have to, you know, we have to come up with somebody, uh, who, who do you have? Number seven, Maxfield
1: consistently good, but not great was my comment
0: from number seven. I had Medina spirit.
1: (gasps) how dare you, sir? And
0: my comment is this, and can he pass horses? I mean, can he pass horses? I don't know because I don't want to have to find out at the in the Breeders' Cup at nine to two. Uh who'd you have number six?
1: Art Collector. His last was impressive. And it was. I, I liked his last race, but I still don't think he's he's kind of middle of the road, just like where I put him. Um he's not at the top of the heap. Because he's not as fast as a horse like Knicks Go or Medina Spirit, um, but he's solid and and you know he can he's he's tactical, and I think that that's going to work to his advantage.
0: I have him at number six as well. Uh, my comment is trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it's a good comment.
0: Uh, if, I, if I should have put uh, in fine fettle. <laughs> Nobody ever knew what the hell that meant, but uh, no it was way. it was it wasn't as good as as the best one was. Shug calls shots.
1: That's great. <laughs> Shug calls the shots, man. How do you
0: like the sir? Uh, why do you like this? Shug calls the shots. Um, all right, number five.
1: Max Player. We know the distance is not a problem, and he's in career best form. So, I mean, you know, I I couldn't put him you know further up the ladder because of his running style. He's kind of a plotting type. Um but he's much improved than he was last year. His last two races really proved that. I I was a non-believer and he, he got me twice. So um you know I, I can't I can't count him out yet. He's in the middle.
0: Uh number five I had hot rod Charlie. And my <sighs> comment is might work out a stalking trip. Um he has kind of turned into a, a pace setter except in the Haskell which he won I mean he won the Haskell the fact that he you know clobbered the horse and caused him to fall down doesn't take away from the fact that he was able to uh, sit off a pretty lively pace and and finish pretty well so uh, I think that that will be you know the tactic that they take and I think the draw is gonna be important for him because if he draws outside of all the other speed and all the other tactical speed uh I don't know that he wants to be three or four wide around the turn so yeah.
1: I don't know if he wants to pass horses he's another one that I'm not so sure that he wants to pass anybody maybe pass one, but sometimes he kind of like inherits the lead yeah and you
0: ha you have him number four
1: yes, I do. Um, because he's, he's on the improve, he's, he's a major threat, especially you know I, I you know my thinking is in, in in all the scenarios on how the race could unfold, he could be right there in a lot of them. may not win it, but he's gonna have his shot. So you know, like you said, unless he gets a, a seriously outside post and kind of has to go wide, he should have a good
0: trip and, and and be competitive here. I had Max Player at number four, and if you had told me three months ago that I would have Max Player the fourth-rated horse <laughs> in the Breeders' Cup Classic, I might have slapped you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I might have just whacked you. Like, what are you, nuts, you want, like? man? I mean, the horse went seriously off form. They went over to the Middle East and was just not very good over there. Um, but you yeah, know, give him credit. They persevered with him, and he has shown certainly that um, the mile New and a quarter spirit. will not be a problem. I mean, he, he, oh, can, yeah. he can get the mile and a quarter. But like you said earlier, he's a little bit more of a plotting type, and maybe wind up. I mean, I, I could you take the the nine that we're, we're, we have here. I mean, there's a good chance he's laying ninth out of this group. <laughs> I mean, depending on who else runs, I I mean. You had exp- uh, I had express train, and, and you had happy saver. Uh, we we don't even know if they're running
1: either no. one of <laughs> them.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know who else is, is, is even kind of planning on running here. But um, I mean, that's the thing: is Max Player is is he going to be able to, um, you know, pass nine horses or eight horses or seven horses? I, I don't know, but he could under the right
1: conditions. You know, the right scenario, he could
0: but i've faded him all year i've faded him his whole career yeah but pretty i got to got to tell you he he made a believer out of me i, I don't think he's you know uh forgo but he he certainly is uh he, he's he's a contender um number 3 what do you got for who do you have number 3
1: medina spirit because he just keeps winning and the horse is, is he's just good i i mean i, I i'd love to knock him and i don't really have other knocks other than the fact that he probably wants to lead but i don't i you know just my my intuitions tell me that he could stalk he just can't be way back um but you know i i just think he's he's in really good form right now and he and he's he's running good i mean he handled that field the other day fairly easily i thought I mean, I I could be wrong, but um, and that and that was that's a great race to come out of into another, you know. I I don't think it didn't seem like he was fully cranked, but we'll see. I I, th- I think he merits a good shot at this. You know what race keeps coming back to mind with him for me? That race where he dug in and f- beat Dream Shake.
0: No, no, the, pre- the Preakness. The Preakness.
1: Yeah. Ah. I don't know. I can forgive that one.
0: This, this, this to me is setting up like another Preakness. And that's, that's what, um, that, that's what troubles me. That's, that's why I have him quite a bit down the list. I I just, uh, I don't know. I'm not sold. Uh, number three, I had Maxfield. Uh, I think he's got a solid chance if he gets the right pace set up, which could certainly happen. Um, if like you had talked about earlier, if someone does put just token pressure on Nick's go, I mean, just not let him, you know, just really dawdle on the lead. Uh, but Maxfield would be the one horse that really would benefit from a solid pace.
1: True. True. And also uh, number two horse.
0: What now else? you're you're number two and my number two. Your number one and my number one are the same two horses but in, in inverted order. So really go ahead and wa- give give your give your first two. Give your number two and number one. Because obviously we have to give out number two, <laughs> it'll be obvious who number one is. So go ahead and and, and use those give us uh, those two numbers.
1: Number two, I have essential quality. And number one, I have Nick's go. Now I mean, Brad Cox has, has the best hand of anybody going into this whole thing. And it's, you know, it's hard to argue either one of these being number one. I mean, um, I can see both of them, you know, there, there's no knocks on essential quality at all. I mean, he's answered the call every time and he's, he's shown to be an ultra consistent fast horse when it counts. Um, you know, the only thing is going against older, next go is quicker to the punch, and that's really the only difference between the two of them for me.
0: Yeah, and I went the opposite way, I put Nixco go second, and I put the central quality first. Uh, the race I keep coming back to with central quality is the traverse and his ability to wear down a horse with a loose lead midnight bourbon who's a quality horse and i mean people know that i've i've, I've poked holes in midnight bourbon since february he doesn't <laughs> pass horses and he he's a, a horse that um
1: he's a record player horse
0: yeah same old story right but essential quality running him down in a traverse I, I think that that race might not get as much respect as it should because the pace was extremely slow. I mean, extremely slow. Um, Reminded me of the bluegrass a little bit. And he just outwilled him, you know? He just wanted it more than the other horse. And he's a better horse. I mean, there's no question. Essential Quality is a better horse than Midnight Bourbon. He's probably three or four lengths better, all things being equal. But Midnight Bourbon is a good horse in really good form who just walked the dog. I mean, he went three quarters and fourteen?
1: Yeah, he had no excuse. <laughs>
0: and after that, he couldn't escape. Essential quality. Essential quality just didn't let him open up. And Santana was trying in the Travers. I got into it with a guy on Twitter. He said, "Well, Santana should have opened up." And I was like, "Did you try?" He was trying to open up. He was in a full drive, at three furlongs out. I go, but essential quality was, you know, wasn't letting him go. He he was cutting into it so to me Nixgo. go the one question about him is his ability to go a mile and a quarter and it seems odd but we've seen in the derby preps time and time and time and time again some horses can get a mile nice that just cannot get a mile and a quarter and that is the question especially if if Nixgo go has some pace pressure applied to him if he's not just allowed to I mean, if Nick's goal goes to half and forty-eight and two, oh, I over. think it's it's good it's night. Over. If Nick's goal had got the same fractions in the Travers as as Midnight Bourbon, he mm. would not have lost. Right. The central Quality would have run second. He just would never have been able to catch him. But uh, I'm thinking that there might be enough pace pressure, and again, a lot of this might depend also on the draw. Who draws where? Does well, a you know a, a horse that wants to lay up close? Uh, draw inside where he's kind of forced to go because he doesn't want to wind up, you know, getting every everybody coming over on him in the turn and uh that's um yeah. you know that that that's uh that's the story. Uh
1: well it, I think essential qualities travers was really really eerily similar to the bluegrass. You know, where he just I, I forget the Chad Brown horse that that was winging it out there. And they weren't going fast. And that's when Rumbauer (laughs) finished third because he was actually closer to the pace than he'd ever been. Um, And he kind of wore down that horse. And I think he got, he got that lesson that day came back in almost, almost identical situation in in the Travers and and did the same thing where he just kind of warmed down that, that horse had nothing for him. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I, Given the two, I would say that essential quality will is is probably just the tougher of the two horses and and would go by if they were head and head. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's shaping up to be a, a pretty decent race.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It's an interesting race. And uh, it's funny, like you said, Brad Cox holds all the cards because if someone gets crazy and puts a rabbit in or someone gets crazy and he's got the second and, best force. and guns uh you know to, to challenge nicks go he's sitting in the catbird seat with with essential quality because that that'll you know play to his favor and um i'm sure if you could uh get him to admit this he would rather win the um the Breeders' cup classic for godolphin than the chinese or excuse me the korean racing authority because uh As far as I know, I don't know if he has any other horses for them. Uh, But Godolphin's got lots of horses. So, um, I mean, and and, I mean, barring anything unforeseen, if one of those two wins, they would probably be horse of the year, right?
1: Essential quality, yeah, definitely. Um, Nick's go, yeah, probably,
0: yeah. I mean, he he won uh, Whitney, he won... The Iowa thing. Uh, He won the Pegasus. He won the Pegasus and he won the Classic, and he would have probably beaten his only real contender because I I think if one of those two wins, it doesn't matter what Latruska does.
1: No, Latruska, I don't think, is in the conversation unless somebody beats both of these horses.
0: I was almost a wise guy and put her ninth nice thing, you know, you never yeah, know. Yeah, I,
1: I see her on a lot of lists, but there, there's no way they're going
0: to run her against It doesn't him. make any sense. It's like, right. you know, when people were talking about life is good after the Alan Jerk and saying, well, how did I get him to the Classic? I said, well, they wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense to, for them to run him in the Classic, given his style of racing and the presence of Nick's go- um, I mean, here's two horses just absolutely positively have to be in the lead, and there's two horses, uh, and I think life is go good is, is is probably faster than Nick's go. I mean, I think so, also like yeah. Charleston was, <laughs> yeah. So, but it wouldn't be to his benefit. So, and, and you know, he missed a lot of time, and it just is right. It's too hard to race. I, I think they're definitely doing the right thing by racing in a dirt mile. It makes the dirt mile a little less. Uh, I mean, he, he should have that field over a barrel. That's just the way it is. But we'll try to do some more top nine lists. And, and uh, uh, I mean, there's really no more preps for these, for the classic at least. So um, unless there's some horses that, that fall off the list, I, I don't see a whole lot of change coming in the coming weeks because there just isn't much going on. And, but we'll do a couple. I think, we, you know, maybe we'll do the sprint uh and and you know this year you got the sprint jackie's warriors is a prohibitive favorite you have the distaff matrushka is a prohibitive favorite it doesn't mean they can they're gonna win i mean no they're, they're but, not gonna win if they do that i'll i'll toss my tv in the atlantic ocean right but um you know the turf races again we we really kind of need to see who is is coming the dirt uh, the two-year-old races we kind of got to let these horses come out of these races and 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 figure out who's going where and let the fields kind of gel a little bit the the juvie turf races again it's it's hard to um it's hard it's hard to figure those races until you know which of the europeans are coming over or if any are or who isn't who is not but uh anyways it was kind of cool it was and, and it's like it's nice to talk about
1: um Positive things, excitement, yeah, some, some, some anticipation, some build up, you know.
0: Yes, uh, so using the word positive is kind of a lead-in, um, because oh. I wrote a piece this weekend about Gulfstream Park and the out of competition testing that they've enacted, and um, how it's probably a bigger deal. people think and horse racing its followers its participants it's a cynical game it really (laughs) is a cynical game because number one it's hard it's really hard um you take out the super trainers who make it look easy the amount of carnage in their barn would would make your head spin and that doesn't mean uh, you know they're shooting horses or anything but so many of those horses don't make you're only seen or sifting for gold. There's so many, you know, nuggets in, in the barn, but they have to go through a lot of horses to come up with them. So they make it look easy, but it's not easy. That's why they all have gray hair or no hair. Um, <laughs> and the participants from a gambling standpoint, I mean, listen, we we do this every week. <laughs> every week we have shitty steward's decisions every week we have uh bad tests and bad rides and um just things that don't make sense and late odds changes and um no no pay horses form changing because they're taking back because so-and-so's got a speed horse i mean the list goes on and on and on and on but i was a little taken aback by um the reaction especially on social media that wasn't entirely supportive and and in a lot of ways in a lot of places wasn't supportive at all and and i was kind of like you know what we're as pessimistic about things as as anybody can be because we we, you know the one thing that you're going to get out of this show is you're going to get the truth you know you're going to get the way we feel and we're not worried about people's feelings we're not worried about um you know trying to always look, take the sunny side version because that's not, well, that's not our personality, either of us. So, um, but this calendar year, we've seen this major, the three major racetrack operators, Naira, Churchill Downs, and the Strana Group now, or First or whatever they call themselves. First Bet. First Bet. We've seen them, um do more to take control of their product. And their product is, is the races that we bet on. I mean in the end they sell tickets, right? That that's their main business. Um you know not to get into the slots and this and that. But you know th- their racetracks are, are in the business of selling tickets. Um and The actions that that they've taken are proactive and to me encouraging because for so many years, they would sit on the sidelines and just wait for the regulators uh, to do this. And it just doesn't work anymore. It's too complicated. There's too many lawyers involved. There's too many uh, factors. Money is always an issue. I mean, some of these racing commissions uh, are not going to spend the money. They're not, they're, they're instructed not to, to spend more money than over the budget is. And a lot of times the budgets have been cut because racing is not deemed to be all that important. And it's baffled me that people haven't seen what Jeff Gurrell has done at the Meadowlands, the trotter track, um, especially when you look at the handle that they do versus most of the other you know, major tracks. And I can tell you, they, they're handled dwarfs. Most everyone else outside of, of, of Mohawk, of Woodbine, uh, you know, north of the border. And they do outhandle them as well. But, uh, you know, he, he's been very aggressive about keeping people out of his pro racing program that uh, have a bad, rip- lots of issues. Hmm. And, I just think that people feel a little more comfortable betting those races and I think that in thoroughbred it's even bigger. Um I think it's a bigger deal. And I do think that uh that the fact that Gulfstream has gone ahead and, and obviously the situation in South Florida or, or Florida in general not having a proper race and commission has been a, a detrimental thing in a lot of ways, but it has opened the door for Goldstream to put in house rules, which they did. Uh, these rules are in the condition book. This is not some, um, you know, 11th hour thing that got passed uh, and, and was put uh, on the back of a flyer that was handed out, you know, Christmas Eve. I mean, people should know if you're a horse trainer, at Gulfstream Park and you didn't know that these rules were in effect, then that's your problem. Um, I think a lot of the people knew that they put the rule in. I don't think they thought they were going to do anything with it Uh, because that's kind of how... Right, that's how it's been. They they would kind
1: of throw things out there as a kind of a, a facade and and not enforce it and then they got burned this time because they actually did something
0: right and i think the maryland situation where there was a slew of positives for uh, uh i can't remember which, which medication but it, it, was a, it was a common regular pretty common medication that's used um where the guidelines weren't being filed and remember when a track when a state tells you okay this is a, there's a 72-hour with hour withdrawal. That's a suggestion. That's not a rule. You can give the medication within a rule. Um, now, there are rules about... Um, like in New York, you can't give banamine within 24 hours. You can't give butte within 48 hours. Those are specific rules. But in other states, they give you a withdrawal time. It's a suggested withdrawal time. So... The rule you break is if your sample comes back higher than an allowable level or in cases where there's no allowable level, if it's detected, period. Um, What happened in Maryland was there was a 72 or a 96-hour window that was supposed to be used. Uh, The trainers were having the veterinarians... Uh, or the veterinarians were telling the trainers that they can give it 72 or 48 hours, excuse me, closer to the race, except they were only giving half doses. Um, and a lot of times the rules are detection level rules. When they give you a, a time to be used as a guide, say, okay, is, you shouldn't give this medication inside 48 hours from post time. Well, that's based on one shot of a standard dosage. So, if the horse had gotten um, two or three shots that week, or had gotten butte, which is usually given orally, that week, well, that that's not you know that th- that's not the, the the time frame that's actually given. The time frame given is one dose of a standard dose period with no other doses. So. It's it's listen. It's a shitty way of doing things. It's it's just uh, it's like driving down the the highway and the speed limit is suggested to be fifty five, but maybe on Thursdays it's fifty. So if you're driving fifty (laughs) three, you're speeding. But the fact that a matter the the the, listen this is the way it is. These are the rules, and if you uh, you know if you're not going to follow them, um if you're not going to to if you're going to press the envelope, you know push the issue all the time um you're going to get in trouble and people complain that these penalties for these five trainers that were caught weren't strong enough but you have to remember the track is um you know they're, they're administering this program it's just started and You have to to, to, to be realistic about the penalties. And I don't think that people, I think sometimes Baffert is looked at as an outlier, and he is in a lot of ways because he can afford to spend six figures to get legal representation and and he gets good legal representation. He's not getting, you know, the kid that just hung his shingle He's five minutes out of college. He's getting guys who are who've been around the block Um, and they're not cheap. These are $400 an hour guys or or more. Um, But you can't give them something to attack. And if you gave an excessive amount of days or what a court would consider an excessive amount of days versus what's been handed out by the state or by other jurisdictions, then they're probably going to go and they're probably going to get an injunction. They're probably going to get it. And it's just going to like, like that makes no one happy. Right. I mean, what's worse than if Bob Baffert had gotten this positive in the derby and, and he had come out and he said, listen, we screwed up. We don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. I, I feel terrible. And, you know, God, what, whatever, you know, whatever penalties they give us, we, we'll take them. But we didn't it's do this. A totally perfect. different thing. It, it would be over by now.
1: Yep. It would have been a totally different thing.
0: I go, what, you know, what, what kind of Really keeps it's like that that um, that itch that just doesn't go away and just aggravates you is every couple days there's another uh, court case there's another lawsuit there's another injunction there's another um, you know this said he said this said blah blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and people just get sick of it it's like you know right you wear them down I mean who's not sick of this shit who's not sick of it but the fact of the matter is, this is America, and people do have rights, and no matter how um, how disdainful the people who are, are doing this are, they do have legal rights, and we have to follow a system, um, and hopefully the first racing is going to be aggressive, and you know, make examples out of people because I think that's the point. Um, saying, hey, follow the rules or you can go somewhere else. And remember, they own the property. That's the one thing, the, the one kind of um, flying ointment for Naira is that they don't own the property that the tracks live on. And that's something that the federal judge who granted Bob Baffert the injunction that lets them run at Naira for the current time said, to Naira was that you can't act as a private operation on one hand and then act as a state actor on the other hand. I mean, it's got to be one or the other. So, But the other tracks, Gulfstream being one of them, they operate in a different fashion. And the fact of the matter is that um, they have private property rights that they could uh, use. And if a person keeps getting positives, if they get more positives, if they are are you know, point to be a detriment to the racing program, they could ask them to leave. Um because training horses is not a protected status. And I'm sure there's a lawyer out there that's gonna say, well, you know, denying a person the right to make a living and blah 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 well, Not
1: telling them they can't make money, just
0: not here. It's been <laughs> it's held up a lot. Um but it's a it's a big step. It's a big step because Trust me, just do your own <laughs> oh like don't a, say those <laughs> words I was gonna say this is, this is like a like a like a, like a, a phrase everybody laughs at but do your own research <laughs> you know like
1: no, but it's true it's that stuff's out there it's public knowledge to some degree
0: now the people that came positive at goldstream the five trainers um and listen if you if you haven't heard of it just google it there's plenty there's plenty of uh press covering this um but who claimed that these were random tests and they did 10 horse trainers and five of them came back positive and five of them did not come back positive but of the five that came back positive they've all had previous issues one. before right Daniel Pita who is winning at four percent this year right so he would be an unlikely candidate um to be someone that would be thought of as, as someone using performance enhancing drugs, except, except last year, he had a good filly that he was going to run in the Breeders' Cup that won the Florida Sire Stakes or Stallion Stakes or whatever you're calling it now. Um, and Princess Secret of secrets, her name. And she was excluded from the Breeders' Cup. The Breeders' Cup did pre, uh, or out of competition testing, pre-race testing, and they found Winstrel, which is an anabolic steroid in her system. And she was not allowed to enter. And not surprisingly, she uh, she can't get out of her own way this year. She's old for 5. She hasn't come close. She had one third place in an allowance race. Her last race, she got beat 40-something lengths in a, in a minor stake at Gulfstream. Um, that's not a good look. So... Clearly, he has had issues. I mean, getting a horse barge from the Breeders' Cup. That's that, pretty tough. It's not something that happens all that often. Georgina uh, Baxter, who actually had news today, came out about uh, she had won a, a grade two at Charlestown with a filly um, that won pretty easily. Uh, the horse got a positive test for Fluxanin, which is banamine, which is an anti-inflammatory. Uh, and it's a class four. It's not like... Uh, Uh this isn't like a murder case, right? This is a class four, and it's it's gonna be um something that they're going to take away the purse, which is really the biggest penalty. And it's two hundred and thirty thousand dollars out of the owner's pocket, twenty-three thousand out of the the jockeys pocket and out of the trainer's pocket. Um and they're doing split samples, but the split samples I don't know, maybe ninety five, ninety eight percent of the time pain. come come back, yeah, come back negative, or excuse me, come back positive as well. I mean, they almost always do. So, um, she took over for Ralph Sadie. Ralph Zadie was a long respected trainer in South Florida. He had, uh, you know, quite a few good horses. Solid trainer, never trained a huge amount of horses, but uh, I think I, I guess his best horse is probably Sir Bear, who was a, you know, top notch. Handicap horse for a couple years. Uh, he had a couple good three-year-old silver uh, silver wagon and trust your luck, all all grade one winners. But by 2015, Ralph's career had kind of wound down. He had a couple owners. I remember um, hearing that he had a couple owners that had died, and he hadn't been able to replace them. And he was one for 37 in 2015. Uh, his son Kirk is been. I would say probably has had the most issues with racing regulators since the two thousands have started. I mean, he has just had problem after problem after problem after problem, and Gulfstream, um, excuse not Gulfstream, Florida the state that doesn't really have the racing commission. <laughs> the, they have the Department of Permutual Wagering. They gave him a six year ban. Um. And it's hard to get banned by the Florida Department. Yeah, because they don't crazy. know anything. <laughs> and his father took over. Like I said, his father was a basically out of training. He was one for 37. He made $34,000 in purses in 2015. Uh, Kirk got six years. Ralph took over the barn. <laughs> uh, Ralph was a you 14-15% know, trainer his whole life. Uh, suddenly, Ralph was Whacking out 30%. I was gonna Maybe. say 28. Yeah. <laughs> and in 2018, the same thing happened. The Florida Department of Permutual Wagering decided to revoke his license. So the, he he no longer had a license. Basically revoking your license is the uh, death penalty. You you don't even have a license, at least a suspended license, you can eventually reapply. I guess you could reapply with a revoke license, but essentially they're saying you're not worthy of a license, and that's really bad. Uh, Georgina Baxter took over. She had been working for Ralph Galloping Horses and uh, kind of, you know, being the foreman, and she wound up uh, having a pretty good first year training horses, uh, training Ralph's horses, which were Kirk's horses, and then the next year she went from 19% all the way up to 30%. Um, for the next two years. And last spring, she got 25 day suspension and $7,500 for stacking violations. Stacking is um, when more than one allowable drug is found in a horse's system. Even if it's under the level that is allowable, you're only allowed to have one. And this is mainly for anti inflammatories, uh, things like Bute and banamine. You can have one or the other. You can't have both. So a 25-day suspension is, uh, again, it, it, it's it's a pretty good suspension. I was going to say, that's, that's pretty hefty. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially in Florida. For somebody where that hasn't been training long either. <laughs> yes, I mean, this is a person has been trained since 2018. Um, So, you know, the... You know the, the news today about this positive like couldn't have come at a worse time for her. <laughs> I mean that's a tough week. You know <laughs> you get you get hit by Gulfstream for the out of competition test, and then you find out you know the great the big Grade Two winner you just had just is probably going to get taken now too. So uh Rohan Crichton is a CPA who also trains horses. Um he's had 25 medication violations since 2013, including 11 class two positives. Class twos are class one is like the worst kind of drug, like uh like a true hop, like a torphine or something that's like absolutely positively performance enhancing. Absolutely. Positively does there's just, there's no reasonable reason to, to have it in a horse. It's not a mistake. It's not the, the feed tubs got switched. It's something that's, you're only using intense. those if you're yeah. trying to cheat. Class 2s are a step below that, but it's way, way more serious than like a banamine positive or, or something that's uh, that has a proper use. This uh, class is two He's had 11 positives. Uh, he's trained nine years. He's had positives in six of them. Um, he also just won 25%, which is higher. In, in the summer media call stream, which is higher than his uh, his normal strike rate. Uh Gilberto Zerpa was kind of a journeyman trainer, training mostly cheap horses. We did pretty good. I mean he was a guy that you had to, you know, if he had a decent horse in the race, he'd respect it. I mean, but he was about a 17% trainer. He'd win a couple races a month. Uh then he he turned magical and uh <laughs> Gelfenstein Farms, who also uh, put it this way, Gelfenstein Farms owned XYJet. If you don't know who XYJet is, Google him. So Gelfenstein Farms started sending him horses, and all of a sudden, Zerpa was like a giant move-up trainer. And 2017, he jumped up to... Uh, to 28%. Um, Damn. 2018 was really and I, and I honestly I ran against him a lot and and it, it was it was frustrating seeing him in a race because you just knew that something wasn't really kosher because nobody's supposed to win 40%. And for a while he was winning more than 40%. 40%. He wound up finishing the year winning 40% that's ridiculous 40 <laughs> um in other words if his horses were alive this is what i wrote like almost nothing that can happen to a racehorse that can uh, cause it to not win happened to his horses they just overcame everything um Peter Walder has been dealing with clenbuterol issues since the late 90s. And Andy Byer did a couple stories on him that uh, I included links to and he's had quite a few issues uh, with the state racing board or what we have you know, what passes our racing board here including uh, a story that Ray Pollock covered about um, <laughs> him effectively physically ducking the Florida regulators so that they couldn't serve him with notice of his positive test.
1: And he hightailed it out of town to to Saratoga
0: or Jersey or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He was up up east and he basically waited it out. And uh, the state claims that that's an open case. Uh, I don't know what what it's you can't get much out of the state they don't you know it's not like you can call up and they're gonna tell you a lot of stuff <laughs> but um you know there are rules there are regulations and and they're a government body so they can't just do what they want um but i I kind of thought it was like a Benny Hill kind of thing again I might be dating <laughs> myself but um cue the benny hill music and like he's running around the backside and the regulars are chasing him and you know trying to give him the papers and he's ducking and diving and... i mean that that's what that, that's what we're faced with here right you know you're trying to, to clean the game up and, and this is the kind of stuff well we couldn't find him to give him the papers, so we've got to drop it i mean it's just crazy but he's had a couple other positive sense and um i guess my whole point during that whole kind of spiel is that even though they said these were random if you gave me a list of ten guys, you knew who was going to uh, come up positive. These guys have all had issues in the, you know, the last, you know, the, it hasn't been that long since they've had issues of their own or have done things that would cause you to have suspicion of them. So, um, and I don't think they should be random. Why? Why should it be random? Why should it be random? If you are magical, if you're a sorcerer, if you're a savant, prove it, prove it, show us that there's nothing going, you know, there's nothing going on. Um, but I think that this is a a big step and, you know, the Hissa thing is stuck right now. Uh, it's hard to tell what's going to happen. The lawsuits that uh, are stacking up against it seem to have some merit, according to the legal people who have I've talked to about it. Um, you know, so we, we don't really know what's going to happen in that regard. Uh, they've got a shitload of work to do. and There's not much time left. I mean, they're supposed to have um, they're supposed to have suggestions like oh, all these rules and stuff wrapped up by like December to give to the Federal Trade Commission. Because, again, they're government bodies and they have uh, timelines and and things that they have to follow. And it's just, uh, I I just don't know how they're going to get all that done. But that being said, if the tracks are going to be more uh, proactive and not just testing, um, you know, there's other ways of being proactive. There's a lot of other things that they can do off of this if this is going to be a first step. Um, I mean, my suggestion might be if you get a out of competition positive, that you maybe not all of them, but maybe when uh, the next go round for stalls comes up, that you, you lose 20% your stalls. Stalls are currency for trainers, stalls are the way that um, you can build your stable. And if you're already big, it's the way you maintain your stable. Not having stalls is difficult, and it's costly, especially if you have to have horses in a lot of different places or open up a division somewhere else. Um, got to be a huge pain in the ass to, you know, it is. And and of the trainers listed that got positives, and I, I I've been led to believe that there are other positives out there that might have some complications. I don't exactly know, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to publicly guess because. I really don't know, other than what you know, I've heard. Um, but most of the, these people operate almost exclusively in South Florida. Uh, except for Peter Walter, has been racing horses up, up the coast. At, you know, New Jersey, somewhat, and in uh, New York, he raised uh, quite a few at Saratoga. And these are not. Um, These are not penalties that will probably get, um, uh, respect, not respected. Uh, there's reference. Repris- rest- rest- <laughs> I'm killing the word repercacity. <laughs> there's repercacity uh, on if a, a, a racing commission, if a regulator gives you a suspension, everybody honors the suspension. That, that that's done pretty much internationally. Um, but this is a racetrack. This is not a regulator. And and they are only in charge of their own properties. They can they can tell you, OK, you cannot race at any of our properties. But that does not mean that the other tracks will follow. And based upon what happened with, with Baffert and Naira, um, I would think that Naira would be very cautious about doing that because you know the federal judge essentially told them hey if you want to uh, if you want to get rid of a guy you want to tell a guy that you don't want him on your property you got to give him a hearing and you got to tell him what you're going to do and you got to let him give a chance to to, to to say you know his say give his uh you know be represented by legal um you know by an attorney and and, and give you know there's a process a due process situation but that's Niagara. that's a different situation than some of the other tracks uh a moment's leading trainer this last meet is currently barred from the maryland jockey club and i believe a couple of west virginia tracks so clearly they're not going to say anything but it's it's a it's a step you know it's a step
1: um, right and i think you you kind of highlighted that in a good way um because for so long it was just nothing. It was, uh, you know, it was one of those
0: things where everybody knew, but nobody was doing anything about it. Right. Yeah. And, no, uh, like Rohan Crichton is trying to enter a Philly in the spinster um, at Keeneland. And, you know, Keeneland is in a position where you would hope that they would take a stand but I don't think they're going to because of the Baffert situation with the Kentucky racing commission. And I, I just think that, um, I just don't think they're going to do anything about it. I think they're going to let him run. He claims today in the Mike Welsh from the DRF did a story on it that, you know, he just wants to do the best for racing, but, um, You know, if you really want to do the best for racing, he would send a horse to a trainer in Kentucky, let them raise the horse up there. But that's probably not going to happen because of people's egos. And, uh, you know, God forbid the horse wins and his name is not listed. But the problem is for the good of racing, if the horse wins and his name is listed, especially after what's happened uh, this week, it's just, I mean, it's just not, it's just a bad look. It just is a bad look. I understand where Keeneland's coming from if they do allow him to race because they are under no obligation to honor Gulfstream suspension. Um, but uh, you know it's interesting that Keeneland hasn't really said much, and Baffert does not race the Keeneland hardly at all, outside of a Breeders' Cup. But uh, I don't think that they've they you know, I mean, as far as I know they've made no comment on that situation. So it's a little bit of an odd look that uh, you have four tracks in um, or five tracks with Kentucky Downs in Kentucky and Churchill and Turfway, which is owned by Churchill, don't allow a trainer to run. But Keeneland and Ellis and uh, Kentucky Downs (laughs) does. So, I mean, you try to explain this to people who have a grasp (laughs) of the game and it's hard to explain. When you try to explain this to people that don't, they're like, you know, like, (laughs) what? How does this make sense? And I guess the best answer is that uh, our justice system doesn't always make sense or doesn't always create situations that make a, a lot of common sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's one of the biggest hurdles there is, you know, like you alluded to earlier where, you know, if, if this, the train is big enough, they can just get this all caught up in litigation and eventually it'll just go away. More or less pay their way out of it without paying their way out. Of it.
0: Well, that's one thing that I, I've written about the Baffert situation many times. Right. I mean, and, and what, you know, I commonly use, um, I said, you know, Bob uses lawyers as a battering ram to just break down the the wills of the racing commissions, and um, that's how that's how he's operated. And, and listen, that's how a lot of people of wealth in this country operate um, in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, well,
1: that's that's why it's so crazy that there hasn't been a mention of anything since we got confirmation that the second split came back positive it's been radio silent on all fronts the kentucky racing
0: commission just literally could not have done a worse job of communicating what's going on than they have they just literally couldn't have um
1: well i don't understand what what stance they have in not being transparent as possible in this. Like, what is it that they're trying to protect on their end, other than legally, I'd say, but they were going to get sued anyway. Um, so it's like, well, you know, if the know. inevitable is going to happen. Why not be transparent with the whole thing and, and say, hey, this is where we're at. You know, yeah, a small statement. It's not going to kill anybody to know you know, hey, we're, we're working on this. We're at the final stages of, you know, the decision on whether disqualify or not, blah, blah, blah. Done.
0: We'll see you at the next update. Well, they haven't said anything. And, you know, the way right. the process normally goes is the trainer is notified that he has a positive test. Um, he generally will uh, request a split sample. They'll send a sample somewhere. And it will almost always be confirmed. After it's confirmed, um, they call a hearing and, you know, you go in, you state your your case if you have one. Um, you know, we gave the medication such and such day or we don't know where it came from or, you know, whatever the reasoning is, um, generally the stewards will make a determination um, of how many days you're going to get, or if you're going to get days at all. I mean, he didn't do any days for the gamine positive in the Kentucky Oaks um, for whatever reason. And, and, and listen, it, it gets, <laughs> Who knows? you know, some of the, like I said, the common sense arguments don't always work because in some states, like what happens in other states isn't even like regarded Um, Right. Like, it's not like you got, you went to a court. Okay. If I went to a court in New York and I had, uh, uh, you know, if I had robbed banks in Virginia, North Carolina, and I went to a court in New York for uh, robbing a bank, well, (laughs) that information would be used against me that that I had done that in those other states. Well, in in racing, it's not always so. So, uh, especially considering the positive is not actually a confirmed official positive until there's a ruling and and that's the case in in, in uh, the Kentucky Derby case and here we are in October for a race that was held the first week in May and we don't even have a hearing <laughs> scheduled so the the foot dragging on this case and we keep getting told well it's because of uh they're waiting for uh, not the split sample but they're waiting for additional testing to see if this was given the the, the manner which is given which never seemed to be uh, it doesn't seem to be part of the rule there is no rule that says oh uh it, it, it is only a positive if it comes up over this level if you you know give it via injection versus orally or topically so I don't know what in the world it's taking so long for to get those results back. I, I, I don't know. I mean it just seems and I, I and listen, like again, admittedly, I don't really know I'm not a lawyer. I'm not working for the commission. I've never worked for a commission. I, I don't know exactly what they're doing, what the reason is that they're haven't moved forward on this. I, I don't know. But I have to say and, and i'm sure you would agree and i'm sure most people would agree that the perception of the way they've handled this is that they've they've bungled it um and part of <clears throat> part of the reason might be because that's the picture that baffert's lawyers are trying to produce um
1: but um well you know what i i, I think about it, it's like you know when there's an inquiry stewart's inquiry and You know, your horses had had won the race and it just blinks and and, and it gets over the time. You know, it's just like, you know, there's kind of a reasonable amount of time when it goes over that point. It's just like, oh, they're going to change it. (laughs) That's what this feels like. It's like, all right, we've been this long without any, you know, any kind of communication whatsoever. Like you said, it just seems like something went amiss somewhere. And it's not what we think it is.
0: <laughs> it ju- it just seems like this is is bungled, right? Um, we haven't even gotten, like I said, to the to the phase of um, where they have a hearing, where they, they make a judgment, and then he's going to appeal that judgment if it goes against him. So, like the litigation has barely even started in this case.
1: Well, that's why you know I kind of find it interesting that. You know the what ifs. You know, what if Medina Spirit wins the British Cup Classic?
0: Then what? What do the jurisdictions do then? It's a good question. What if Medina Spirit wins the British Cup Classic and the other contenders run terrible? Um, you know, what do you do with the, what? What do you do? How, how do you judge his record? Because you have a Kentucky Derby that. He may or may not have won. And, and if, if he didn't win it, then his resume gets real thin. <laughs>
1: and, and I'm not
0: saying, listen, I think essential quality probably has three-year-olds wrapped up. And, I mean, there's probably no chance that Medina Spirit could win. I just don't think people will vote for it. You know, he's not going to enough people vote. I mean, Barry Bonds is clearly a Hall of Fame baseball player that no one's going to vote for because or are not no one, but a majority of guys aren't going to vote for him because of, of you know, they what don't. his perceived aggressions right. are. So, you know, people, people make their statements in different ways. Um,
1: well, I mean, beyond the fans, I, I, I think it would put racing jurisdictions in a, in a. Really weird, bad position to where it's like, all right, well, we know what's going on with this, and this guy's just keeps running his horses and keeps winning races. You know, at what point do they have to make a decision? I mean, I know Churchill has made their decision,
0: Naira tried to make a decision. Well, Naira's still trying, yeah, and of course, Naira. Had originally stated, and I guess this is still the case, that they were looking to not allow him to participate until the Kentucky uh, verdict had been reached.
1: And right,
0: yeah. You know, so it wasn't as though they were saying, "Yes, we're going to give you two years." We're going to the Churchill said, "We'll give you two years." You, you know, for two years, you're not allowed. Bang. They, you know, they put a number out there and. Uh, Naira didn't do that. So, I mean, you would think that, um, you would think that we would know a lot more than we know.
1: Yeah, October. The and same. no
0: one seems to know. <laughs> and you know what? It, it, it's, it's a little bit suspect. And this might just be paranoia is creeping in. But the fact that a lot of these owners of Baffert seem completely undaunted by the, um, by the fact that his horses are not going to be able to earn derby points. And most of those guys are buying big colts. They can say all they want. The Kentucky Derby, the Kentucky Derby isn't, uh, you know, we can live without it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I have, I, I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> and it's it's it may not just be the Kentucky Derby maybe the Kentucky and the Belmont as well and that that puts you know the the, just, the whole thing is just
1: it's, it's up in the air i mean they, they left it out for this kind of thinking you know regardless of of you know whether it's right or wrong the door is open for this because there's no communication like you said there's no transparency here Nobody knows what's going on. He's still basically doing whatever. And that's that. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, Naira, Naira's been pretty decent with the communication and they're kind of in litigation with it all still. But at least we know that. Can't say that for Kentucky or their horse racing commission.
0: No. And no. I mean, to, to their credit, and, and listen, everybody, um, you know, everyone feels bad about Arlington situation and the way Churchill handled that was really egregiously bad. Disgracefully bad in some cases, especially the actions of uh, the person in charge there on Arlington Million Day. But um, they've been very clear about this. They, they were very quick to put out um, on the day that the bizarre press conference was held. They, they Before noon, they, they had already banned him. Uh, from running, and they've been very clear about their stance and the time frame, and, you know, uh, they're not going to let single fans of Mr. Baffert's people who work for him or work under him take the horses to try to evade the, uh, the sanctions. So, and I think that was one of the important things that Gulfstream did, too, to go back to that, was that they're not going to let trainers just let their assistants be in charge and run the horses if the assistants stay in charge of the horses, they're not not allowed to run during the period of time, which the trainer is suspended. Um, If they want to, if the owners have, of course, this is the owner's choice. The owners can move the horses. Uh, I would hope that they wouldn't just let them move their horse for a week or two and then move it back because that's as unseemly as anything. But, um, I think that's, that's a step in the right direction, too. And, uh, and and people have to understand that the logistics of, of horses makes it difficult to move, a, a, especially a sizable stable. Um, and as a trainer, who wants to take another guy's horses for 15 days? <laughs> Zero. Nobody. Nobody. You know, I mean, uh, hey, you got a couple of horses that are going to be three to five in stakes. Yeah, we'll take them for 15 days, but the Very few of those horses would be moving. So it's just, um, you know, a lot of times for these shorter penalties, the logistics of moving all the horses are just uh, makes it impossible. But um, we're not impossible, but close to impossible. It's not not like there's unlimited stall space in other places either. I mean, tracks probably have more stalls available than they did 15, 20 years ago. But
1: um, it's not infinite. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not
0: infinite, right? But uh, if the historical or the, um, if the, the the Hissell law can do one thing, and that would be to make it where we didn't have to deal with um, so many different jurisdictions. And by we, I mean the participants of racing, the fans of racing, the betters that everybody who is involved in racing in some way, shape or form will know that these things are going to go to one place and, uh, you know, it's going to go in one place and they're going to make a decision and that's going to stick everywhere. And that that's, that's beneficial. That that'll help because the way it is now is just crazy. And, um, you know, it's just the way it is. It's it's it's, it's not easy to uh, it's 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 not an easy sport to regulate. Not just because of the vast differences in class of, of horses of, of monetary means. Um, you know, you have tracks in Kentucky that are giving away seven eight hundred thousand in Kentucky Downs cases a million dollars a day in purses. You have tracks out west that don't give out a million dollars in purses in a decade. Uh, the great Grants Pass, and my man Beanie here. Uh, Bet Grants Pass, by the way. Take a look at it. It's interesting, at the very least. Speak to life What's that? The streak is over. The streak is over, but I tried to get another streak going in today. Oh, it won, by the way. <laughs> uh, a new streak is back. Grants Pass race number two. We had a winner, five to two. Nice, uh, but um, I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's weird. I've 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 had such a unbelievably strike rate at, at, at Grants Pass. I'm like, who knew? Right? Grants <laughs> Pass is the track that I've been waiting for my whole life. Everything I do there works. It's crazy. Um, and thank you, Beamy, for alerting us to the, the, uh, the splendor of grants pass downs. Um, but you know, there's reasons and I, and, you know, we've probably talked enough about this, but there's a lot of reasons why racing regulation is so screwed up and it's not all because of racing. A lot of it is because of government and funding and uh, political uh, nonsense and a lot of other things. But, uh, But in the end, the tracks have the power to fix a lot of these problems without having to go to regulatory bodies and have them do it. And if that's going to be the trend... Then that's going to be beneficial, and I think one thing that people out there need to know that the vast majority of people in the game, and you're always going to get some people that have some sympathy for those that do wrong because they like them personally, or they, oh, they donated money to me, or they, huh. um, you know, they're a good guy, or I like this wife, or you know, there's always some kind of uh, reasoning why, and people forget that they are real people behind these names that they see, and a lot of them aren't quite as sinister as they may seem. They're not all Bond supervillains. Um, so that's why they do get some support, because it's, it's not really right, but that's just the way it's human nature. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, they deserve it, and it doesn't mean that racing has come to a point where we've got to really, you know, not screw this up anymore. And Um, this is, this is the way the tracks have got it because a lot of the stuff that's going on is because of the tracks and that's what it is. I mean, the tracks took their eye off the ball, especially when they started doing things other than just being racetracks and and going into a lot of other areas and, uh, the racing part got away from a little bit and the super trainer was created. The too big to fail barns were created. Uh, the middle class has kind of been, you know, eliminated uh, and it shows, it shows on the everyday race cards, every single day of racing, racing on a daily basis was way better 25 years ago. And before that it was better 35 years ago. It just was, it just was. Um, and a lot of that is because of the tracks and, and their lack of aggression when dealing with issues when not really giving the people who bet on the races the proper respect that they should get to try to run a clean game, to run a game that uh, is competitive, and you know we don't get a plethora of one to nine shots winning, um, and it's 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 heartening for me to see. I I really have to say that uh, I didn't know that they if the tracks ever were going to take a run at doing this and. You know, maybe they've done 10% of what they should do, but hey, that is better than it was, and hopefully it, it's a sign of more things to come. Amen to that. And on that note, um, we're kind of running out of uh, Breeders' Cup preps coming up, right? I mean, the arc, by the way, the arc was a 70-to-1 shot. German horse. I, I thought it was funny watching the coverage after that horse won. Um, the analysts were kind of stuttering to try to figure out. They just didn't have very much information on the jockey or the horse and uh, the the, uh, the the trainer. The trainer's only trained for a year and a half, so it's all downhill from there, Mister Weiss. <laughs> 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 that was a, it. Was it was a really good race, but I, I was looking through the PPS and I was like, man. I've never seen a race where there's 15 horses and there was a scratch who wound up 14 ran. Every single horse was first or second or last race. I've never seen a race where, where 15 out of 15 were first or second or last race. Everybody was coming off a first or a second place. uh finish. Need more of that. God, it's. I just was going down and I, and I looked at all the horses and I was like, I don't think anybody ran bad last time, because that's what—that's one of the things I always <laughs> they do at European races. I always look to see who ran bad, but it's taking money, like because then there's might be a story behind it. Well, nobody ran bad; everybody won. They're all ran one, two. But that uh, was, you know, good race. I guess we're going to get a couple of the horses. I think Tarwana is is scheduled to come over. Um, at least it seemed like after the race. The German horse, I do not think, uh, as uh, something Tasso remind me of the old horse Wayne Lucas used to train. Oh man, Tasso, He Cup, beat he was a Good, good two year old, beat not Stormcat good. that day. Good two year old, not good at you know, an Aqueduct. Yeah, uh, that was nineteen eighty five, right? Beat Stormcat, or Stormbird, no Stormcat, Stormcat, yeah, Storms cat, Stormcat was by Stormbird, Stormbird who raced in Europe. Yeah, Tasso's career and Stormcat's career kind of took two divergent oh, paths, didn't Just two different things after that race. You don't see too many Tassos. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't ever remember seeing any Tassos.
1: I don't. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot left. I mean, we have opening day weekend of Keeneland coming up. Uh, the the spinster is the cup the the mile, um the turf mile, uh you know, a couple more uh the Phoenix. Um some of the two year old turf races, but uh I think there's a turf sprint as well. But um this weekend is pretty much it for, for Breeders Cup preps and then uh, we'll have a couple weeks of uh you know, we can totally over analyze every single week. I was gonna say Over
1: analysis. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. I love this time of year. Not only
0: because it's the British Cup, it's because
1: it's my birthday.
0: Well, what do you want for your birthday?
1: Another $32,000 pick four.
0: They're out there. You just got to find them. I can't give you one. I can't. I I would if I had the ability.
1: (laughs) We'll find one. We got one. Especially if uh, CZ Rocket comes through.
0: Simple time, baby. You and Peter Miller are the only people rooting for CZ Rocket that win. That's right. And we'll be dancing
1: on the ceiling like Lionel Richie when it happens. You know
0: I respect your, your handicapping abilities greatly. However,
1: <laughs> but I don't know what the hell
0: you're CZ Rocket, man. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, man. We're getting this on wax. It's on here a few times too. Oh, no,
0: it, 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 this is a, a uh, you know, you, you've made a statement on CZ Rock. This is, I this did, is, early. This I is set in stone. This is like uh, the That's my hieroglyphics guy. in the cave, man. Like yeah. when, when uh, the earth has been uninhabited for <laughs> a couple hundred thousand years, someone's going to go in and they're going to see, uh, they're going to get a copy of this. This podcast tonight, and they're gonna try to look up CZ's rocket, and they're gonna say to themselves, "Why what the, the hell was that guy thinking? It why like- though?"
1: I'm telling you, man. Well, it was all a dream, you know, and I saw
0: it happening, so I gotta go with it. Well, we got Keenan coming up, and we have, uh, uh, you know, like I said, the Breeders' Cup is just about a. Oh,
1: Calder's the coming up, right? Month. Oh. Oh, the, the,
0: the the gap in Calder. Gulfstream, we, we didn't even talk about the Gulfstream. Uh, oh, the synthetic
1: flamingo meat. <sighs> like,
0: what were they thinking of with that? The Flamingos uh, or Hialeah? The Hialeah thing, that Gulfstream. I think Gulfstream's got, like, two flamingos in the infield, and they're both anemic-looking. They do? Yeah. They're like, they, might, they might even be, like,
1: storks or cranes or something. I thought they were cranes. I don't know. Blue herons. The blue heron meat. <laughs> the blue hair meat. <laughs> great blue heron meat. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, I don't know. Those races look so slow. We yeah. need poles. <laughs> please, can we get, can we please get uh, at least a pole so we could time the races? <laughs> the finish line would be cool too. Um, I, I'm I I think poor Craig's brain is about to explode from having to deal with races that that are not only hand-timed, but they're hand-timed with no the, the poles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have cones.
0: <laughs> the cone. The great uh, orange cone. The cones. Uh, we'll talk about this at some point beyond the Breeders' Cup, uh, but uh, I... I'm not a fan of the poly track. I'm not a fan of, I wish there was a way to predict like why,
1: what they would run race. Well, I, I think
0: one of the problems in and you know, I guess I'm not to get into it, but it's just numbers. It's not that I'm like, Oh, well you hate this. You know, no, no, there's a limited number of horses. There's a limited number of races. When you add a third surface, you're creating horses that like and hate the poly track. Just like there's horses that like and hate the dirt. Just like there's horses that like and hate two turns versus one turn. Just like there's horses that like and hate the turf. And when you keep shrinking your total population, but you divide it up more, it's just making it more difficult to come up with good races. Um, If I have a horse, or you, say we own a horse together, and a horse is terrible on the dirt, he's not bad on the turf, he run on the poly track and he runs great. Well, where are we going to want to run him? We're going to uh, wait. On the poly track, right? We're not going to want it. We're never going to run him on the dirt again. And we're not going to want to run him on the turf because he's a poly track horse. Well, what if you have a horse that's a good turf horse that doesn't really handle the dirt at all and, and is just mediocre on the poly? Well, what are you going to do? Wait. You're going to wait. And <laughs> if you do run on the poly and you run 5th by 11 lengths or 15 lengths, then that, you'll say to yourself, that's the last time I'm ever going to do that and right you can't get the race to go um or you know the turf gets too caught up because you only have x amount of ground now to to use and um you don't have two turf courses essentially you have one well you might wind up losing that horse to another jurisdiction because they're not getting the race they want to get it's just in the end it's just math it's just math and yes um Handle will not suffer quite as bad when races come off the turf, but you're also not going to be racing as many turf races, which is a factor. Uh, if you're racing seven turf races a day, and now you're racing four turf races a day or three turf races a day, well, then the loss of those races is Well, that's, that's, that's where I kind of get confused, is why would they
1: even card anything on it
0: unless it rains? Well, it's a $15 million track. and I know, but you, know, you got to use it. Yeah, so it's
1: kind of weird the way, you know, like in the middle of the day, you have a couple of dirt races, you got a couple of poly races, you got a couple of turf races. It's strange, especially when the poly races look weird. They're just slow. They look slow. Um, I don't know. You're right. I mean, if you divide the divide, you know, you divide everything – twice
0: you're gonna get less that's that's the problem I have with it and and it's 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 it, it everybody wants to have an opinion about things like everybody wants oh I like it or I don't like it and then if you have an opposite opinion they're like oh well, you know you're stupid or you're close-minded you're just uh, well the problem I had is just what I I said and it's not pro or it's not you know if I horse that ran good in the poly I'd love to run on the poly I've told, I told people a long time ago, I would go to like Iraq Downs if I, if I could win a race over there, you know, (laughs) the, the purse was, was worth it. I'm not afraid to go and run anywhere on anything. It's just math. In the end, everything comes down to math. It's, it's why, um, guys that make poorly constructed tickets shouldn't get pissed off when people point out the mathematical Issues with it because math is math. Math doesn't have feelings. Math doesn't have emotions. There's super numbers. It's 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 a numerical thing, and especially when you're dealing with a limited population, the population is not growing. You need the population to grow. And uh, like I said, we'll 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 do a deep dive. We'll dive into that later. Yeah, but as for now, good luck betting them. Good luck with the figures oof brutal good luck with with pretty much everything brutal so well i appreciate everyone listening and uh and i do thank everyone that that did read the piece that uh i've gotten a lot of positive positive feedback and and i do appreciate that And, and usually when i write something there's always a couple people that uh you know don't appreciate it or don't agree or whatever, but this time was almost no one. In fact, the only ones that really didn't like it are the people whose names were in it. <laughs> but that I can't be helped. Um, and like I said, everything that was in there is a factual, um, a factual piece of, uh, of, of information that, that could be found at uh, other, you know, uh, reliable and, accurate sources and just the way it is but um yeah we're, we'll do more and uh, barry and i'll get a couple more uh, lists and you know what uh when we post this on twitter on facebook if you uh you want to give your top nine or top ten or top let's five or whatever yeah let's put it out there and uh tell us why we're wrong because uh tell us why we're right whatever or maybe come up with a ninth horse. <laughs> yeah. If you can that we don't with, know about yet. <laughs> you can come up with a solid number nine. I, we were going to do a top 10, and I was like, come on, man. Top 10. I, I couldn't find that. Once we got past seven, it got real, it got tricky. So, um, yeah, go ahead. And uh, as always, going in circles podcast at gmail.com. Um, are always available and you can hit uh, Barry up on Twitter. You can hit me up on Twitter or Facebook if they ever get Facebook back up and running. Um, but uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And like I said, I do appreciate, uh, I do appreciate the feedback and um, well, you know, if you disagree, just say it I mean say what you don't agree with because that's, how things get moved forward by, not by everybody, you know, walking in lockstep, but uh, but yeah, anytime, reach out and uh, you know, we're always, we're always good to talk, so appreciate you listening today, I appreciate Barry giving his time and uh, his lists <laughs> and um, maybe maybe in the lead up to the Breeders' Cup we'll get a, a psychiatrist on here to examine Barry's C Z Rocket. Um, prediction. Not an obsession, but he, he's uh he's like infatuated with that horse. And you even have a future book on the horse, right? Yes, yes I do. Yes. I mean there you go, right there. I wonder if there'd be a rider change on I horse. not know. Uh,
1: I've been I've been lobbying for that, unfortunately. Should
0: I, I, I should I should nag you out. <laughs> Let's I'm, just end the show. Yeah, before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> you know, I was gonna come go rolling and win the race and you're gonna take you you're gonna take the all-time um <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> red carpet walk, man. <laughs> oh man, if CZ Rocket wins, bro. You'd be doing like the triple crip walk right to the winner's circle.
1: Oh man, just Twitter <laughs> Twitter videos all day. <laughs> Uh all right. Doesn't matter who wins the other races.
0: <laughs> oh god. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that horse right into the winner's circle. <laughs> Please do, sir. All right, well again, thanks for listening and uh and we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Pleasant acre farms located just outside Ocala, Florida. Is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals Joe and Helen Barbazon. they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at PleasantAcreStallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free, the Going In Circles Digest. It's a uh, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, we have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week, we did a piece on the great Arazi, and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Which, uh, unfortunately, was the the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com And check it out. Alright, the Going in Circles Digest. Thanks for listening.